Welcome to Marrow Masters Season 3, sponsored by the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and families cope with the psychosocial challenges of bone marrow stem cell transplant from diagnosis through survivorship. This season of Marrow Masters focuses on the patient perspective and many needs regarding bone marrow and stem cell transplant. Here is your host, Executive Director of the NBMT Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Welcome to Marrow Masters Patient Podcast Series. Today we are joined by patient Lou Christie, who will share his journey through multiple transplants. Lou has had many challenges, never gives up, never stops moving, and is always finding new ways to help others in their journey. It is my pleasure to have him on today's show. Hi, Lou. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, Peggy. Yes, I will be happy to do this. At 71 years of age, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, AML, in December 2012 with a very pessimistic diagnosis. I was told, take a vacation because you only have about a year to go. So I thought, why me? Some of my doctors thought it might have been caused by being down at 9-11 ground zero. I also worked there every day after it happened breathing in those carcinogens. What was interesting was the World Trade Health Center organization actually confirmed that 9-11 caused my leukemia. Wow. Initially, after diagnosis, I was immediately sent to the hospital for two pints of blood. My red blood count was down to eight. One week later, I was placed on a regimen of an anti-cancer chemotherapy drug called Dacogen or Decidabin. Due to my age, Blood transfusions and receiving platelets were my new regiment every two weeks. I also agreed to participate in a clinical study while undergoing the treatment. The chemo that I was taking did not have a long-term effect for preventing the cancer from coming back full-blown. I was pretty much at the limit of 14 months, whereby my oncologist did not have any stats of staying on the chemo regimen for more than that length of time. She stated that the cancer cells could get smart, and the chemo might no longer be working. So we had two choices, and when I say we, that's my wife and I. Either continue with the light chemo and take a chance we keep working, or get a bone marrow transplant. Since physically I was in great health, I was in remission, and since I had been a runner for 35 years, that was one of the criteria for getting the transplant approved at my age. I then had a number of other tests before the transplant. If I was going to do a bone marrow transplant, Now was the time, which was the obvious answer. We went to three different hospitals to discuss the best treatment. The consensus was to do a bone marrow transplant. Wow, Lou, that must have been a really difficult decision to make. Yep. So you went ahead and had the bone marrow transplant. What happened after that? Well, it was a difficult decision to make. We discussed it for weeks. It took a while to find an unrelated donor. He was not a perfect match. However, on March 13, 2014, I had my first transplant, which was successful. I spent 30 days in the hospital with virtual minimal side effects. That was very surprising after everything we were told could happen. I was well on my way to admission for five months. Then unexpectedly, my blood counts dropped substantially. Then the bone marrow failed. And we were not sure why it failed. But my oncologist thought that it might have been because of one of the medications that she gave me, which was I was allergic to. My oncologist then reassured me that if we could not find another donor, then we could use my younger daughter donator stem cells via the peripheral blood method. My first donor had his stem cells taken from his hip. 
My daughter tested successfully. This would be a haplotransplant since she was only half of me and half my wife. I had my second bone marrow transplant on September 23, 2014. I continued to be optimistic that this would succeed. I spent another 30 days in the hospital in the bone marrow transplant unit. This bone marrow transfer had many more complications than the first one. It included fevers, severe coughing, rashes, high fever, loss of vision, fatigue. I was unable to walk even a few steps from my bed to a chair. Zero white blood count, no appetite, uncontrolled hiccups, nosebleeds, probably a few other things too much to mention. A far cry from my first transplant. However, it was successful since my blood counts were just high enough to be discharged from the hospital. Being home required I go to the cancer treatment center for Nuprogen shots almost daily since my white blood count was still low. In addition, I was again getting transfusions and platelets until my counts were normal. I am happy to say, though, this takes me to where I am today, in remission with some challenges. Wow, Lou, you have had some journey, and I know from knowing you that you just never give up, and I want to discuss some of your challenges. Could you share with us? Sure, I had a bunch of challenges. My next challenge, overcoming GVH, I was really unprepared for each of the occurrences. Having my wife as my caregiver was essential in helping me through this disease. I experienced loss of appetite, loss of weight. I actually lived on insure because I had no appetite whatsoever. Rashes, skin flakings, and the worst part was gastroencephalal reflux disease, GERD, where I thought I was having a heart attack. Hiccups, hardening of the skin on hands and feet, which peeled off in large pieces, running eyes, fatigue, I could sleep a whole day, night sweats, and chills. My thoughts were that this was all temporary and I would get through it. GVHD is still with me. However, I am past a lot of it. My only issues now are related to skin conditions. I bruise extremely easily since my skin is now thin. I believe this is caused by GVH and the medications. I am currently taking only two medications. My oncologist weaned me off of most of them, which included prednisone, atovaquone, orconazole, tacrolimus, acyclovir, penicillin, and vitamin supplements. Now I'm only on two. I'm on mepron, which is also known as atovaquone, and I take magnesium. Actually, I take one more, acyclovir. Lou, anything else you want to add regarding challenges? Well, all of these symptoms can be overcome, and that is what I believed all through this. There are other things that got me through it besides my wife. Support groups, they were the greatest. They're great for discussing these issues and seeing you're not alone, in addition to see how other survivors cope. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link's teleseries conference calls on GVHD a few years ago were very helpful in parting knowledge about GVHD and talking to others with the same disease. Hey, I know that just being there after the transplant is the most important thing, everything else I can deal with. Isn't that the truth, Lou? Yes. So what do you do to maintain normal, especially these days? So I feel great, and I'm always trying to resume a normal life. My activities included walking, stationary bike, golf. I never played golf before, but my brother pushed me to start. And now I also was going to the senior center twice a week to socialize with my peers, to play cards. But we're in a pandemic now, so I'm really limited as to what I can do. 
So what I do is my wife and I love to walk. So we'll go out and walk. We try to do 10,000 steps if the weather is okay. I'm not playing golf because of the pandemic. Uh, so I also like to read. And I also listen to a lot of music. And that helps me through all this. Mostly I stay home during the pandemic. But being outside is important. Friends will come over to socialize, but we keep a safe distance. And we'll just sit outside either in my driveway or on my deck. To motivate me, my wife and I walk for Chattery Miles. This is an application on our iPhones, which counts our steps. And the sponsor of this application donate to charity of our choice based on the miles walked. Sponsors include Nike, Johnson & Johnson, and a whole host of others. So being positive, keeping active are the keys to being healthy and leading a normal life. I do have a quote I'd like to share. Challenges are what makes life interesting and overcoming them makes life meaningful. Well, Lou, you certainly exemplify that every single day. And I know you're also pretty involved with your transplant center. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the annual event that your center holds to honor the donors? My oncologist is an amazing person. Every year, for the last 14 or 15 years, she holds a sit-down dinner, usually with an orchestra, at a uh, country club. And... She has all the people that she's given bone marrow transplants to. So at the last one I attended, there were 500 survivors there and their spouses. And she also invites the donors from no matter where they are. She pays all the expenses. She flies donors in from Germany with their families. She flew my donor, my first donor in from North Carolina with his girlfriend. And it's, it's an amazing event. People get up and talk about their life stories. They actually filmed me and my donor, and it was on the news here locally. Really? Tell us about that. Well, I met my donor for the first time, and News 12 was there, and we both, like, it was crazy. We looked like each other, which was amazing. <laughs> you know, I thought he could have been my twin brother. And we just talked about our experiences, and what he wanted to do was he was a young guy, and he said that the reason he donated stem cells was his sister had leukemia and she passed away and he wanted to do payback. So he went through the ordeal of going to a hospital, having the bone marrow taken from his hip, which I'm sure is not a pleasant experience. And that's what he did. And I received his stem cells and that kept me alive for six months until it failed. Lou, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been. When it failed, I just could not believe it because I was doing so well. And if you can imagine having a transplant and having no symptoms whatsoever after the transplant, well, that's what happened. I was really doing well. I mean, for five months, I was doing everything normally what I normally would do because I didn't have any symptoms at all. I was out, I was walking, I was uh, meeting with people and friends and being careful not to go into groups. But uh, my doctor, wanted, she was really cautious, but she decided that I really should be on a strong antibiotic. And she put me on this antibiotic. And one week later, my blood counts went from all normal ranges to zero. It was unbelievable. My white blood count was zero. My red blood count was like at two. And all my counts were in the lowest range possible. Huh. So they immediately had me come back in to the chemo center where they started giving me more chemo, light chemo, plasma, platelets, 
blood transfusions. And it was a nightmare because the platelets they kept giving me because everything was so low, I was starting to get reactions to them. I would break out in hives. So I had to stay there and they had to give me a medication to calm that down. And they wouldn't let me leave till after I was completely cured of hives. That was a real difficult period. And again, they were searching for a donor. And my oncologist kept saying, we're looking, we're looking. And I guess from the first transplant in March to September, they really couldn't find anybody that was enough of a match for me to have another transplant. So what happened was my oncologist said, there's another procedure we've been doing. We've had a lot of success with it, and that's Haplo. And we were thinking of having your daughter do it, but she's kind of tiny. And we really don't want to take stem cells from her hip. But we could do the transplant from her through the peripheral method. And they had to do a series of tests on her. She had just come back from uh, overseas in a place they did not like. And they were sort of reluctant, uh, like Indonesia, they were reluctant to have her do the transplant, but then they wound up not having a choice. So uh, she came into the hospital. She submitted to a whole bunch of tests. It was amazing. They hooked her up to a machine. It took almost all day where they filtered her blood and the blood went into all these different containers and um, they synthesized it. So they took out the stem cells and then they put her blood back into her body, which was amazing to me. I bet. And then they had her stem cells. So what they did was then they arranged for a transplant September 23rd, and I got her stem cells. And uh, so far, that was great. My oncologist said, this really is great. You shouldn't have really any major side effects from it because we've had a lot of success from it. But again, the GVHD appeared, and that's the only problem I had. But if GVHD is the worst of it, as long as I'm here, I'm happy. So, Lou, how are you doing today? What's going on? Today, I feel very good. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I would be wonderful because I could go everywhere and do all the things I usually want to do. I should mention that a couple of weeks ago, I had a heart attack. And I don't think it was from having cancer. I think it just happened. I mean, I never expected it because I'm a really thin person. I exercise like crazy. Uh, so I knew it was happening because I recognized the signs, pains in my chest, my arms were weak, I was sweating. So I had my wife call 911 and the EMTs came, took me right to the hospital and they did confirm that I was having a heart attack. They immediately, the same day, put a stent in and the next day they released me. So if you want to know how I'm feeling today, I feel great. <laughs> you are something else. It's like it never happened. I can't believe it. So um, the only thing I'm coping with now is GVHD. We're glad that you recovered from that. And once again, you show your resiliency in everything that happens to you. Yeah, I feel like I'm a medical dictionary <laughs> or, or, or an anthology or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Lou, tell us what having a transplant has meant for your family. I know I recall that you have a new grandchild or two. And what's your best advice to people that are getting ready to take this journey? How do they get through it? How do they stay positive? Just your best advice for us. I think you got to stay close to your family. My older daughter lives in Atlanta. She actually came up 
when I was in the hospital. Uh, my grandkids didn't, but they came up afterwards. My younger daughter lives close to me. She's about 40 minutes away. And she has a young girl. She's two years old. And she has another one on the way. And the family is unbelievably supportive. I have a brother who lives 10 minutes from me. He was there every day. And when I was having problems being home, he was there. I mean, I passed out one time. He was there to catch me. He was just amazing, very supportive, always coming to the hospital. And even my friends, they're unbelievably supportive. I have a group of friends from when I graduated college, 35 fraternity brothers. We all stay in contact. And we've been in contact for, I'd say, 60 years. I hate to say that. But really? Yeah, 60 years. And we all had a reunion not too long ago, 35 of us and our spouses, which is amazing. Uh-huh. And that's what keeps me going. And what keeps me going, too, is thinking about my younger daughter having another baby in October. Congratulations. But, you know, the support groups, I can't emphasize how that helps so much. And one of the other things I do, which I didn't mention, was I go on Facebook. And I don't know how good an idea that is, but on Facebook, there are two websites or two groups that you can join. One is the leukemia group, and the other is a group called GVHD. And I'm on there a lot, and people post their experiences. And you know what? You can just sympathize with them, support them, give them some advice. I never give medical advice, but I always go through things like we did today, telling them what I've gone through and how to be positive. And those are the kinds of things that keep me going. And another thing which really keeps me going, Peggy, is your peer mentoring. Great. I did that a lot. I mean, that is wonderful. I've talked to a lot of people who either had transplants or contemplating having one. And I also joined another group called Immerman's Angels, and they've been sending people as well to talk to. And all the people that I've been talking to are similar in age to me. And I just find that it's so positive and so reassuring for both parties, both me and the people I'm talking to. Well, I know, Lou, that you have helped us out on many occasions being a buddy, and we do know that program works. And we call on other groups like Immerman Angels when we need someone that we don't have in our files, and they do the same thing. So we have quite a network among the peer support groups so that we can try to make sure everyone gets the support they need. And our website and our Lunch and Learns, we have lots of different online opportunities. And I love that you mentioned the Facebook groups. I have seen some of the comments, and it is incredible how much you are helping each other through this. And the, the wonderful advice I see come through, just wonderful. Yes, it is. They're just wonderful groups. And you realize that you're not alone. I mean, on those groups, there are thousands of people, not just a few. Like on GVHD group and the leukemia group, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of people. It's amazing. When you think back even 10 years ago that people did not have that support and what a difference it makes, you know, we're just honored to be able to be a part of all that. Yes. 10 years ago, one of my oncologists told me, I don't think we would have ever given you a bone marrow transplant, but now they give them to people in their 80s. That is very true. Amazing. It's incredible that people at that age can get a transplant and go on to have many more years. Yes. Well, Lou, thank you so much for sharing your energy, your compassion for others, your your ways of coping. And we wish you all the best and congratulations in advance on that new grandbaby. Thank you. I can't wait. I bet. 
This has been the Marrow Masters Podcast. Feel free to share this episode via social media, text, or email. To hear more, subscribe for free to Marrow Masters in your favorite podcast app. To learn more about the resources available to patients and caregivers, check out the National Bone Marrow Transplant link at nbmtlink.org. That's nbmtlink.org. Or just tap the link below in the show notes.